Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about Pokemon, Nintendo, lawsuits, leaks, and Portuguese websites. So please join us. If you're interested in the virtual or you're interested in the legal, we've got them both covered here in Virtual Legality. So as you see on your screen, you have an article up here from Vice entitled Nintendo's Aggressive Hunt to find Pokemon leakers has found a new target. The company blames a small Portuguese website given access to last year's game ahead of release for leaking Pokemon. This article is by Patrick Klepek. It was released a couple hours ago here on February 11th. But ultimately, this story is one about a Nintendo company, an entity that is trying to squash leaks coming out of the games that it is releasing. And you're seeing this across the video game industry from a number of companies over the last 6 to 12 months, including most prominently Gearbox and 2K trying to quash and squash leaks and leakers regarding the leak of Borderlands 3 information. You've seen it from Epic trying to squash leaks coming out of Fortnite, especially when it transitioned into Chapter 2 or Season 2 or whatever it's called at its second point now in its history. And here we've got a situation where Nintendo has taken a certain amount of action against this Portuguese website, but it's action that suggests that there isn't likely to be additional legal strife coming for the Portuguese website. So let's take a look at what's actually happening here. We're also going to discuss non-disclosure agreements in general a little bit because of the way it is described in this article I thought was funny, and I thought we could talk about NDAs uh, at, at some extent here in virtual legality. And so let's take a look at the article itself. Nintendo is not a company that leaks often. But when it comes to Pokemon, it happens on a frequent basis. On some level, it's not a surprise. Pokemon is incredibly popular and people are obsessed with every little detail about it, upcoming or otherwise. But with the release of Pokemon Sword and Shield, Nintendo has not been shy about pushing back on leaks. Not only are they actively suing folks who leaked images from an unreleased strategy guide, but today Nintendo pointed the finger directly at a small Portuguese publication called F Nintendo accusing their reviewer of leaking images that identified new and unannounced Pokemon. Presumably, it's not F Nintendo like F Society from Mr. Robot or something along those lines. Presumably, it's something like Fun Nintendo or showing that they are a fan side of Nintendo. But as we look at this story, it certainly does look like they're the ones that are the most in trouble with Nintendo. Now, before we dive in further on that particular story, it's worth pointing out that, as mentioned in this article... Nintendo is presently suing certain folks related to the leak of strategy guide information. I think this is something that I've talked about before, if not in virtual legality, having given quotes to places like Game Daily Biz and elsewhere about this particular lawsuit. But basically, Nintendo is trying to sue these folks that are otherwise unidentified. You see that it's versus John slash Jane Doe's one through three for taking photos of their strategy guide as it was being shipped around and releasing those on the 4chans of the world that ultimately wound up on Reset Era and, like everything else on the internet, gets disseminated all across the board. So Nintendo is suing these folks under a violation of trade secret kind of concept, that these were important, valuable business trade secrets that they wanted to release in a specific time frame to maximize their marketing potential, and that right was taken away from them by these leaks, and so they violated a certain responsibility under the law. In this lawsuit, you've got the issue of not necessarily having a direct contractual relationship between Nintendo and the parties that leaked this information. Frankly, as this lawsuit is described, they don't know. It's it's between John Doe 1 through 3 and Nintendo. So they have been asking 
4chan and the other places on the internet where they might be able to find the account information to release personally identifiable information. There's been orders from judges and Nintendo is pursuing that course to the maximum extent possible. I've received a number of questions from folks in the game journalism industry that ask essentially, why is Nintendo doing this? Why are they pressing on these things so hard when they don't even know who these people are? And the answer to that question is really that it's primarily strategic. A little bit ironic when we're talking about a strategy guide being the impetus behind these kinds of things, but it's primarily strategic. It's not necessarily the fact that they think they're going to find some rich oil tycoon that has been the one leaking this information, a deep pocket that they can go and say, hey, we think we could have sold 2 million more copies of this game, so you owe us $120 million. It's not like that. It's more like, hey, how can we disincentivize people from doing this the next go around? And one of the tools at the disposal of a video game company or a movie studio or any other intellectual property holder is to make it look like a painful process if you wind up deciding to make this choice. If you wind up taking these pictures from the strategy guide and releasing them on the internet, yes, Nintendo might have difficulty finding you, but presumably you're a little bit worried about the fact that they might. And if they do, they probably have a decent case against you for violations of their rights, for illicitly putting these materials online that violate their copyrights and their trade secrets and all this other stuff. And so Nintendo wants the next person who might be incentivized to do this to be worried about that fact. Which brings us back to the story today, which is that Nintendo has identified, apparently, who is responsible for a different set of leaks that happened. Now, all these leaks are kind of uh, collated together when it happened right before Pokemon Sword and Shield was about to launch. But this particular set of leaks are different photos uh, that relate to what has been happening in Pokemon. It says, the images appeared online in early November around the time reviewers would have been given early access to Pokemon Sword and Shield to fully play the game ahead of release. It does not appear the leaks actually appeared on F Nintendo's website, but in more discrete parts of the internet. Historically, other Pokemon leaks have happened in places like 4chan. And this article continues. I don't want to read the whole thing. I will link it in the description. It's it's well done. One thing I did want to point out is that when we're talking about this whole thing, I, I like this reference here and I wanted to have it be a part of this video. It says, when companies provide early access to a video game, it comes with a scary looking document called a non-disclosure agreement what we might otherwise call an NDA. When a client calls me up and says, hey, Rick, do you have time to review an NDA? That's what they're talking about, a non-disclosure agreement. And in general, that's something that is my bread and butter. I look at these things all the time. They tend to be fairly off the shelf in that 80% of a non-disclosure agreement is going to look the same across non-disclosure agreements, but they are targeted at what specific relationship the company is entering into, either with another company or with an individual like a reviewer or a review organization. And it talks about what you can do with the information. When you're releasing a game to a reviewer, it's not so that they can keep it secret forever and ever and ever. It's so that they can release it on your specified time frame, and you're giving them the opportunity to have access to the game early so that if you're Nintendo, you can get those reviews out on day one. Now, I don't know if they're scary looking, maybe from Nintendo, maybe from some of these bigger video game companies, they are pretty scary looking, but the overall contours of one of these things, I just pulled up a website that's actually called nondiscloseureagreement.com, are pretty similar. You've got here a unilateral non-disclosure agreement. That means that one side is giving the information, the other side is receiving it. It's not an exchange of information. When we talk about video game reviews, we're not really talking about the video game reviewer transmitting information back to Nintendo. It's that Nintendo is giving access to all this secret information to the reviewer. And you've got 
in this type of agreement, you've got a definition of confidential information. It's a whole paragraph of things, but basically it means the, what you think it means. It's things that you should keep secret that the company has disclosed to you. There are exclusions to it, primarily related to the fact that some information that could be conveyed could otherwise be developed outside of Nintendo. These are more frequently used when we're talking about things like research and development agreements, where one of the scientists at one of the companies could have come up with something else on their own. And as long as they didn't use the confidential information that was transmitted as part of the agreement, that information itself does not become confidential just because it is mirrored uh, in what was transmitted from the company that is seeking the, the confidentiality obligation. So you've got the definitions, you've got the exclusions, then you've got the obligations. And mostly this is going to be the same. You promise to keep it secret except for whatever reasons we've otherwise specified in this agreement. And that might say in a Nintendo non-disclosure agreement, it says you promise to keep this secret until date X, November 15th, 2019, whatever date that might be. And otherwise to not let people know that you have this information or that you've been given access to this game, whatever the contours of that requirement might be. I've highlighted here, you've got that reference to a time period that says this will be in effect until X date. You can characterize this in the agreement in many different ways. But the reason you sign up to one of these is when we get to the bottom, right? We've got two sections here that I've highlighted. Injunctive relief, which is the fancy legal way of saying we can stop you without injunctive relief, without talking about different types of relief at the court level. The risk is that if you are a company, you might only be entitled to monetary damages. You might only be able to go and seek what you've been damaged from the court and a provision like injunctive relief here in this sample non-disclosure agreement basically says, we all agree that monetary damages probably aren't enough or, or are difficult to calculate or some other factor that means that the court should be permitted, if we can go convince them to do it, to stop you from doing whatever it is that you're doing. So we can go seek injunctive relief from a court to say, hey, take those things down off the internet, stop leaking things, that kind of thing. Obviously, when we talk about internet leaks, that's of limited usefulness. Once they are out there, they're out there and they're all over the Reddit threads and the 4chan and the reset era and everywhere else. But that's the kind of thing that you want in agreement of this type. And then we've got a very, very short indemnification provision here. It says receiving party agrees to indemnify, pay, disclosing party against any and all losses, damages, claims, or expenses incurred or suffered by disclosing party as a result of receiving party's breach of this agreement, which is the big scary part that Mr. Klepek is talking about in his article. It says, if you damage the company by breaching your obligations here, then you agree that you will pay the company for the damages that you have caused. Now, even without an indemnity provision, you probably owe a certain amount for damages related to a breach of a contract that you entered into in good faith, but this makes it all the clearer that you owe that money to Nintendo. And this is a very, very short form. This is even shorter than the ones that we do at Hogue Law. So it's going to be longer. It's going to have a little bit more teeth and a little bit more contours around what they are talking about when Nintendo signs up to a non-disclosure agreement with a review source or otherwise puts a letter in with a copy of a video game that says, hey, if you put this in your system or you download this code, then you agree to X, Y, and Z, and that'll include non-disclosure obligations. But the contours are the same. That's what an NDA is. And so if you see one of these, whether you're reviewing video games or it's part of a business relationship you are about to enter into, that's basically the structure. That doesn't really change across documents. What, what changes are the specifics. So this 
Vice article then leads into the fact that Nintendo gave this quote directly to Eurogamer. So I wanted to bring up that Eurogamer article. It says, Nintendo Fingers, rogue reviewer for Pokemon Sword and Shield leaks. They identified F Nintendo as the problem here. We've got the preamble. And then we've got Nintendo's statement. Nintendo and the Pokemon Company statement follows in full. In early November, Nintendo identified a number of photographs taken from gameplay that revealed multiple new and unannounced Pokemon from Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. These photographs had been posted online, and Nintendo, together with the Pokemon Company, quickly identified the person responsible for these leaks and took immediate action. Now, let's put a note there, right? What they are claiming is that it was early Nintendo that the leak happened and that they quickly identified the person responsible for these leaks and then took immediate action related to that identification. So the first question you should be asking when you hear this statement is, okay, if you quickly identified them, presumably in November or maybe even December, why are we hearing about it now in February? And I'm going to tell you, I think the answer to that, if you look at what's happened at F Nintendo, we're going to read their statement as well, is that in all likelihood... This is, if not a formal legal settlement, it's a kind of settled acquiescence to what has happened here. I think when you've got Nintendo making this statement on a random day in February, after they apparently identified the culprits months ago, and then you've got FN releasing a contemporaneous statement, looks to be vetted by at least some kind of legal source, and probably Nintendo itself would be my guess, that you've got what amounts to some kind of settlement. So it would surprise me if there were future legal action that Nintendo planned against F Nintendo, this is the action they are taking. And they have determined that this is sufficient enough to meet whatever their purposes are. And as we talked about earlier in the video, the, the very purpose of this is likely to dissuade future potential reviewers from going down this path, from taking this action and making this trouble for Nintendo. They continue with their statement by saying, these Pokemon were leaked by a reviewer for the Portuguese website F Nintendo, who had received an early copy of the game for review purposes. Both he and F Nintendo failed to handle confidential material, resulting in a clear breach of the confidentiality agreement between Nintendo and the media outlet. As a result, Nintendo will no longer work with F Nintendo. Now that's very, very parsed. That is a lawyer writing that paragraph. Nintendo will always protect its intellectual property and brands. Leaks hurt not just Nintendo, but the thousands of employees who work hard to bring games to market and the millions of fans around the world who look forward to news and surprises. Now, that paragraph is designed to say, hey, we know that this is an aggressive step taken against a website that maybe you're a fan of, especially if you're in Portugal. Maybe you like this website. But it's important to Nintendo to try to establish itself as the good guys. Hey, we make these games. We try to surprise and delight our fans. We have various reasons for going through specific marketing pipelines, and that is to maximize the usefulness to you, the fans, to maximize the value that our employees give and get from working at Nintendo. And this kind of blew that up. And that's not fair to us. That's not fair to our employees. And that's not fair to you. So if you look at this statement, you should feel good about Nintendo. That's the object of that paragraph. To surprise and delight players through new experiences is a shared passion for Nintendo and the Pokemon Company. We will pursue all avenues to pres preserve surprises for players of future Pokemon titles. That's Nintendo's statement. But almost at the same time, F Nintendo winds up releasing a statement of, them, of their own. And this is in Portuguese. I didn't translate this site, but they actually provided an English version so that we can read. This is F Nintendo. They say, to our readers... 
At the beginning of November, a series of off-screen photographs leaked multiple new and unannounced Pokemon from Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. We want to take this opportunity to openly admit to our readers that F. Nintendo was responsible for leaking some of these photos. So that's an interesting sentence, right? Nintendo really didn't talk about the differences between the various leaks that happened in Nintendo, and there's always multiple ones, and they didn't really talk about what precisely they are blaming F. Nintendo for. But F. Nintendo spends a word in this important apology that will probably have a significant impact on their website, considering what it's about to say, given its relationship with Nintendo and the fact that Nintendo is in its title, that they are responsible for leaking some of these photos. As a lawyer, I look at that and say, that sounds very much to me like a negotiated position. We will agree to admit that some of this is our fault, but it's not all our fault. We're not going to agree that we leaked all the photos, which honestly almost certainly wasn't the case in any event, but we are going to state up front, even in our apology, that we are responsible for leaking some of the photos. F. Nintendo then continues with their explanation for how this happened. Nintendo offered us a copy of the game for review purposes with clear embargo guidelines to which we agreed. This copy was then sent to one of our reviewers who leaked the information. Following the investigation, F. Nintendo has severed its relationship with this reviewer. It's unclear exactly whether that person was a consultant, a contractor, an employee, but they will no longer be working with that person. And that makes a lot of sense because this person might have essentially scuttled their entire website. Our relationship with Nintendo Portugal dates back 11 years, but our part in this leak is a clear breach of the confidentiality agreement between us, and as a result, a total breach of trust with Nintendo. Now, if you've got Nintendo on the other side of the table, and let's say this isn't a settlement, the very last thing you would do in the world is admit specifically on the internet to the world that you breached your confidentiality agreement. As we just looked at, if you breach it, you are very likely responsible for potentially liquidated damages, penalty provisions, as well as indemnification for the damages that Nintendo has received. So you are essentially giving the game away by making a statement like this in public, uncoerced. And you, in my opinion, unless you're crazy, wouldn't do that, except if Nintendo and you have been in communication and the agreed upon disposition of this matter was that they would make their statement they would announce that you were responsible. They would say they are severing ties with you and you would be allowed a statement as well that would be vetted and approved by Nintendo. And if you made that statement and Nintendo made a statement, there wouldn't be future liability. If I were FN, F Nintendo's lawyers, that's what I would say. I would say, okay, we can do all this. I need something in writing that says, if we do all this, you're not going to sue us. Uh, and that's likely... In my view, what happened, it's all speculation, of course. I'm not in the room. I don't represent F Nintendo or Nintendo proper. But you don't have a sentence like this that just admits to clear liability unless you also already have a waiver of that liability in your back pocket. We recognize it is impermissible to break embargo guidelines, and we failed to handle the review materials with sufficient care. We fully respect Nintendo's decision to cancel the confidentiality agreement between our companies as a result of this breach of trust and accept that we will no longer receive products from Nintendo, nor will we be invited to attend their events. We want to apologize to Nintendo and the Pokemon company and to our readers for letting them down. In other words, 
They admit entirely to what Nintendo has accused them of, which is one of the reasons you won't see the word alleged or claimed in many of the articles today, including this one from Vice that we we used as our jumping off point. And because of that admittance, if Nintendo wanted to turn around and there was no settlement agreement, there was no waiver of liability, those kinds of things, Nintendo could turn around and sue them for a breach of their confidentiality agreement. Now, I don't know what F Nintendo's financial situation is. I don't know whether it makes sense to sue them for money. Probably not. But as we talked about, Nintendo right now is in the business of looking threatening. Nintendo is in that same business that Epic and Gearbox and 2K and a number of other companies are in, which is we want to threaten when things happen like this so that hopefully they don't happen like this in the future. Will they be successful? Who knows? There will definitely be leaks of Nintendo properties, just like there will be leaks of future Fortnite properties and everything else. But maybe on the margin, you have reduced the volume of those leaks, that that one person that could potentially leak and cause trouble decides not to. And that's one more headache that you can avoid if you're Nintendo general counsel or marketing or anybody else that's involved with putting out these products and hopefully getting the best response possible. So that's been our virtual legality for today. I really thought it was interesting to kind of analyze what was happening here, especially when I saw those statements from the F Nintendo side of things, because it's so unusual in a situation like this to have a company just come out and say, yep, we did it. Yep, we breached our contract. Yes, we owe Nintendo an apology. Here's our apology. If there wasn't some already agreement in place, that would be the kiss of death. You submit that as exhibit A, you say, thank you, I would like my damages now and your case is all but done. So in my view, the fact that Nintendo says we identified these people very quickly, presumably that initiated communications at that point in time, maybe three months ago, they've been working on what this kind of solution should look like in a manner that gives Nintendo that ability to look threatening while also not having whoever runs F Nintendo potentially lose their house in the matter. Nintendo wants to look threatening, doesn't want to look like a bully. And that, at the end of the day, is the balancing act that every IP holder is trying to manage, especially in the world of the internet, in the world of YouTube, fair use, and everything else, where there are a lot of people that want to use the content to help advertise your product, but can go too far. And that's something that involves a lot of monitoring and a lot of support staff at Nintendo and other video game companies. As I said, this has been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe, please tell your friends. Uh, we love to have new subscribers here. We love to have those conversations in the comments to our video. I try to comment on as many as I can throughout my, my work day and, and weekend. Uh, otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.